let's play a game. That's I think that's we're gonna play a game today. You right? don't even know the game, but we're gonna play it. <laughs> we're gonna disrupt the game. How about that? Uh, <laughs> Ooh, it's yeah. not your typical game. It's a game in education. Right, right. So we are we are in the time where it's dark when you leave whatever job you're in, and it's dark when you get back. If you're in the area that we are in the uh, kind of upper Midwest, I suppose you're in the upper, upper Midwest, but, but yeah, um, it gets around four 30 or four o'clock. It's like midnight. <laughs> it's dark. And yeah. this episode will be coming out right around the winter solstice. Right. The yeah, darkest it's actually, part it, of is. The year. it is today. The, the solstice. So we, we nailed it. We're like Stonehenge of podcasts right now. um so this game that we're kind of alluding to so when we were kind of mapping out the end of the year it kind of evolved and we're kind of disrupting our own podcast by bringing some topics and things to mull over Mm, mold wine time of year i think it fits let's keep going with that let's let's say everything that fits with the season that we kind of can make comments on yes but we we dive into a lot of topics here on the podcast and sometimes you can kind of be in these topics and not have a bird's eye view of maybe what are some of the major issues right now in education as well as like opportunities from those. So the game that I kind of alluded to Peter right before recording this, but he doesn't really know (laughs) is can he guess? And if you're listening to this, like how many, how many things do you think Peter can guess? He's in education. So he's like really close to the topic <laughs> a place your bets ladies and gentlemen i have well i can't even say how many i have because then that would like help you but right like there and i'm sure there's more than this okay but i just got a list of some top we're gonna start with challenges mm-hmm. in education right now hmm. how many can you name or how many do you you know like what are some that you have and we'll see like wh- what we get to so that's got the it. game that's a challenge for you yeah and you know end of the year to get you kind of thinking about we're going to dive into some of these on the podcast so i gave you a little bit of time peter (laughs) what do you think i I have an iep i get like two hours (laughs) no chat gbt no internet just from your brain i got nothing here you would see a screen if it came up on my other screen it'd be like a big light as a matter of fact i'll show you what that looks like Oh, that's a that's a screen there. Okay, so for those on the YouTube channel, you just saw my left side of my face got tan. Um, so we're talking about challenges. Hmm. Top challenges, public education. Ooh. Okay. Um, I think first and foremost, the top of the list is uh, student behavior. I think that's a huge, huge challenge right now. Um, yeah, it's different. A lot different. Uh, should I just keep listening? Is that yeah. what you want? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. what do you th- what do you feel? See, and then we'll kind of okay. dive into. Um, I think teacher retention, and then I, I think that's that's a huge challenge uh, right now. Um, burnout uh, with educators, uh, not only just teachers, administrators, or whatever. And then when I say like, I guess like you know, the lack of quality 
people in the industry um, because I think quality people are leaving. So that's that's one. Um, I think direction is is a challenge right now uh, of what what is. And I'm looking at high school, so I'm going to be biased here. So if you're in elementary, I don't, some of these may apply, some of them may not. Um, like the the direction of what high school really is for or what school is for. Um, I think that's that's one um, time frames of of the day, the high school day, uh, or even just you know an elementary day. Um, still, the, I, I still think we we still have that kind of prison look in school. I think that's a challenge. Um, I keep going isolation at work. Um, not enough time for people to kind of cross paths and work in groups. Um, funding has always been, you know, uh, a challenge, um, funding new projects, finding, uh, leaders and educators in general who have time and the imagination going to go back to an old guest of ours there, uh, talking about, uh, and being able to follow through, um, long, uh, is it long? I'm going to kill this word. Longevity, long, 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 oh no, we're both. <laughs> the amount of time that we have Longevity. to work on a new project project um, is is short usually, right? You get a semester, a year, something like that. Um, the time it takes to implement something has always been a challenge. I, I sound curmudgeon now. I sound like the Grinch. <laughs> challenges which means each yeah. of them also on the flip side has an opportunity sure. right so we've tackled oh, a lot of these there are people who are doing these things but i don't think we've casted since i've been part of the podcast a kind of big picture overview yep. of some challenges and opportunities it's like how you view it right you can like these are yep. real challenges yep, yep. in education they're also opportunities for disruptors yep. like ourselves and those part of this community to turn on its head and so time to eat time to go to the bathroom <laughs> top challenge our, yeah those are challenges sometimes right um sure. yeah um bringing experiences to kids i think rather than you know more project-based learning um is is a challenge um yeah I don't know that that is that's a lot. That's I mean, a lot. I'm, I'm throwing a lot out here. So you um, are. Yeah. Technology, I think obviously challenges with with phones. Um I have a story about that that I'll tell later on the podcast if you it's actually a good one. It was really cool. Um, so there was an opportunity there that that I actually took an opportunity with a phone uh with a young guy. Um so yeah, that distraction. Um I think uh listening skills have always been there. Um, you know, creating these things under, you know, um, yeah, I think right now that's, that's going to be my stopping point. Otherwise I'm going to start, you know, drawing straws like asbestos and things like that. <laughs> well, okay. So Could one, two, three, yeah. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, Facilities. 10, I mean, 11, that's a legit one. Well, yeah. Oh, that is, I didn't, um, mm -hmm. 13, 14. I think you have a, I mean, like a, that's a, that's a big list. That's covering a lot of stuff. Right. Um, and some of them were, you know, from, I mean, I did a very basic uh, Google search of like major 
Um, oh, yeah. You know, there's cool. challenges in education. And I was looking at Education Week and tradeschools.net and Edvocate, um, in case you're wondering where I'm getting these things mm -hmm. from. And so, top of the list is funding. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what they say. And that was pretty much like that came across. And it was like, hmm. Just general local funding, government funding. How are we funding the future of funding? It was like money, which yeah. we've yeah. definitely talked about. Right. Um, coming in number two, which I was, you know, you, I don't know that you totally said this one. You said student behavior, but they're categorizing it as like mental health. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm mental health. I think it's like it's not just students. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you're, you're talking about like teacher retention, burnout, mental health issues. Oh, I feel like is, I mean, yeah, of course. Totally. I mean, anybody in the system, which I think there's a lot of layers to that. Mm -hmm. Um, then I mean, teacher pay, mm -hmm. um, and this lack of stall, like, why is it so stalled? And there's so many layers to that we've kind of dived into like con teacher contracts and, um, and how that those things get settled. It's interesting that I, I feel like we have talked about this a little bit, but you know, when you, how many jobs, there are some, but not, not so many that you sign your contract, like teacher contracts will come out in like typically March or April mm -hmm. of like, we'll say 2024 and you're signing a contract for one that starts in like August, September, and then goes until the next June. Right. So you're literally signing like a year, you know, like a year and a half of your life in advance. Mm -hmm. And some districts are very tough to get out of those contracts. So yeah. in states, it's just, a, it's just like such a different um, world. We yeah, that's in. interesting. Although some some will like some will like like my wife worked without a contract for about a quarter of this year because they couldn't come to a consensus. And so now there's like retro, you know, whatever goes on in the contract. So um, so, yeah, you can it's able like sometimes you just work without a contract. Um, you know, they do that at a lot of places. Some of the contracts are they don't contract for people who don't know, like they don't some schools will contract you for a year and then you're under that contract for a year. Um, what happens in a lot of schools is like the contract itself. Like, I think I actually have a copy of our latest mm -hmm. contract. This is how big it is. Like it's, it's, you know, and again, there's money to do that. I don't know why, but you can find this stuff online. As a matter of fact, you can find agreements online everywhere. It's public knowledge, but, um, some contracts, this contract was a five-year contract. So it's a five-year. So even if you're first or second year, everybody abides by this contract. Um, some of them are two, some of them are three. It just depends. So that's what a contract is. So even if you come in, like this contract is ends in 2024. So at the end of the school year, like you're saying, Al, um, it's very interesting. You signed it. Right. You signed it probably in March of this year, March, April. Yeah, of this you year. sign your annual contract that that abides by the over overarching contract. It's weird. Yeah. So I mean, it is I, weird I think for people... like professional players sign less than we do. 
right we make less but they sign less it's a whole it's a whole challenge and and also opportunity because you know I, i i get the desire and and maybe need of school districts to have consistency throughout a school year like they want to lock their people in like i mean that's their their job you know at that level but it presents you know some challenges when those decisions are being made well before you even know what the school year is going to look like there's a lot of backwards planning right well that's i mean that's again i think one of the strategies that school systems or school corporations or wherever you are they use is is signing bonuses and if if you do take a signing bonus and you don't make it through the year you have to give that back 99% of the time so that's one good way to like you know make sure people stay i mean that's kind of you know you got to let them know i mean but i think you know pencils down let you know what it's really like so just buyer beware you know if if a school's offering you a you know a $50,000 you know signing bonus you may want to question some things i mean that means it's probably pretty tough school. It's it's very difficult. The the toxic culture, whatever you know, it, it might not work. Um, you know those those are different things. And then you know, obviously, let's think about this, right? Like, say you know we've been teaching at this school for you know twenty years. You know, giving our life to it, um, doing great things, building programs, and then a new teacher comes in and they give them. $20,000 to sign on. They don't give you anything. You're like, uh, you know, so those things are, those are things that, you know, administrators, school boards, we all have to figure that out. I mean, I don't know if it's good or bad. I know I'd be pissed off, but you know, yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's, it's a complex issue. Sure. So some other ones that, mm-hmm. um, you know, our challenges, real challenges is, is poverty, you know, uh-huh. so socioeconomic issues, class mm-hmm. sizes, not I feel like integrates a lot of a lot of issues. You hear about that one um, fairly common. Mm-hmm. I was not surprised to see AI integration as a challenge right now. Um, ah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I may I just that, look at that as an opportunity. So <laughs> right, but it, I mean it depends on it. how you look. Yeah, yeah, depends how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and how much yeah. you let in. Um, so family involvement. In it was about like curriculum. I mean, if we look at some some communities and who have rallied against some massive changes locally, statewide, federally on curriculum, yeah. Um, the the input or lack of input Mm -hmm. from families and community, I think, is a huge opportunity. Um, but it it also does there are challenges around the fact that everybody who sends their kids to school and even just community members that don't even have kids, they feel like, and they should have a part of the school system, but it, it, it can sway both ways. I right. I mean, I can see that one where it can be really, 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 really good. And it can be right. really, 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 really bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. depending on the issue at hand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then this one was just interesting. I didn't die. I didn't have, didn't yet dive into this one but it was a challenge was like what does it mean for a school to be public because i guess the lines are graying Ooh, that's a great question i i mm. was thinking about it because there's this whole thing with charter schools right voucher school programs private schools you know and so there's obviously differences in how those things are funded but like truly yeah. what does it mean for a school to be public 
in today's era hmm. is a challenge. I think it's money. I mean, it's always been money, right? Yeah. The money comes from somewhere. And then like, you know, some states will allocate different monies for school choice or vouchers, et cetera, all that stuff. I'm not mm -hmm. too familiar with all that, but like, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. Different well, like the state of Wisconsin has a huge um, charter school population and it's very well funded. Mm -hmm. But then like other states like Missouri, they're very anti-charter schools overall. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, there are still charter schools, but the public school system is really strong in certain states mm -hmm. and they have like they're more widespread. You have less private schools, less charter schools, less voucher programs. And most kids go to public school. And then you have other states that it's like, pretty rare yeah. to go up public school so mm -hmm. it's that is an interesting challenge and mix just the the variety of schools yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and where you live is totally dependent on that and how it's funded right so like i mean a lot of these layers are very much uh, like challenges they're very interconnected yeah. but it, it it poses a lot of things for people to think about that education as we do discuss on here it's it's very multi-dimensional and so we're just trying to kind of bring to the forefront, like these are some real things that people at all levels in the field have to think about. And sometimes, you know, some of those issues are much more present in certain schools and classrooms than others. And then uh, school safety was one. Ah, which, yes, 100%. Yep. I mean, how <laughs> I didn't get too global jobs? with this. I'm thinking like right in my own like world, but yeah. No, but a lot of yours do fit into this. Like, I mean, the these are bigger, right, bigger right. issues. But I mean, they affect like all schools, all levels, and um, and then testing was another hmm. was another one that, uh, hmm. you know, you there are more, but those were some of the top ones that I yeah. saw, and I mean, it's just scratching the surface as we've seen so many, so of of those and like even the ones you listed so you you know you mentioned direction student behavior teacher retention um uh the prison look of schools time frames for schools isolation at school leadership and innovation issues time to implement changes um time to eat use the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> um bring experiences to kid listening schools facilities you know and then the other ones we mentioned what's kind of like standing out to you in terms of like what is the biggest opportunity there that people yeah. should be thinking about the game continues man i think i think there's 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 a lot of opportunities across the board for that um, as you were listening to that, I'm thinking, man, my district isn't too bad, you know, like, I mean, you, you start to think of it that way. I mean, we have minor challenges, but I have, you know, in, in a poor socioeconomic school system uh, in a, in a uh, suburb, I've worked in one of those uh, schools um, that have greater challenges. Um, the money is mishandled. Um, there obviously is, you know, little or no family interaction with school. Um, you know, if, I think there's a lot of opportunity to, I would say, create more innovative schools in those areas that are struggling the most. I think that's 
I think that like when when you have nothing to lose, you know, like some school, like my school, like we've got something to lose, you know, like if if we tried something uh, major or drastically. Um, so, you know, I used to like harp all the time on, you know, all the stuff, you know, like, oh, we need huge change, da, 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 all this, which I agree with. You know, I think there's there's change that's needed. But I also think, you know, where we can move the needle the most, um, I think the opportunity to create really innovative structures in places that are just getting slided across the board, you know, funding, they're getting slided. There's no, there's no, the educators are, are leaving those schools the most, uh, those school corporations, because it is, I mean, let's be honest, it's the poor schools, the poor communities that are just getting killed. I mean, you know, if I have a choice, I'm going to go into a wealthier school, maybe not the wealthiest school, because I think there's similar challenges there. Um, but, you know, there, now you have over parental stuff. So there's a balance. Um, but uh, I think there's the greatest opportunity is to to rebuild some structure um, and wow. then draw some innovative educators into that. Um but I think, you know, the challenges, I can still see the challenges of communities doing that. I've actually worked with people who are building, um, who was building a school working in Oakland, and they they were going to do this. And they, the you know, over time, they the board or the, the trustees or whatever they call them in California at this school um, just were not willing to take the risk, even though. I mean, the whole thing was deteriorating rapidly, you know, like, so that's, mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest hurdle, but I would say that would be one of the greatest starts, right? I mean, you know, when, when people see something working, I mean, then people start to to get on board, but when you have nothing, I mean, you know, when you have like 20%, 30% attendance rates, what do you have to lose? I mean, you know, even if you get it to 40%, I mean, that's, that's a substantial. So I, I think those would be the places that I would see the first biggest opportunities. Mm, I, yeah, I, I definitely see huge opportunities there. And I, and I love that, you know, a lot of our, our guests and everything do tackle pieces of, of these, of these challenges and they see the challenges as opportunities and a lot of a lot of removing a lot of the structures, quote unquote, you know, the traditional school model mm -hmm. while maybe scary. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Of course. I like is. your point yeah. that, right. You know, starting where you don't really have a lot to lose. And so, you know, burn it all down, uh, quote yeah. unquote, not actually, but yeah, right. <laughs> in, in order to, to rebuild and start something new that, mm -hmm. that along with, you know, I know we have have learned this year about the the funding that comes from the government requires these testing. But, you know, fully funded schools where people don't have to worry about the where the money is going to come, like they're given an opportunity not to be wasteful, but to have the resources to to teach, mm -hmm. I think would move the needle. I think about Ma Mavlo's hierarchy of needs mm -hmm. and 
if we want to get to the top of the self-actualization, right, the basic needs have to be met and funded without question in mm -hmm. order to move to those higher levels. So it's not even to me, like it, it, if we can just remove some of those barriers of getting kids to school and um, making sure they're fed and rested, you know, like yeah. they have shelter, they have those basic needs met without question, then you can really start to build something in the community and yeah. the districts that are well funded and the kids do come to school with with all their basic needs met and same with educators you that's where you you do see the the most growth but even those school districts it's like it's so easy to think like oh school is a check the box so right the opportunity for them mm -hmm. is to be disruptive leaders and to really innovate because you already have those things so it's like okay education i <laughs> Having talked to so many people now and 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 seen different educators and then families choosing to homeschool or micro school or whatever type of school looks like, it's like kids' brains are wired to learn and creating a great environment to learn. It doesn't really matter how you get there. It doesn't have to be so boxy and right. waffly. Um, it can be a little more spaghetti. It can be a little more messy. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of richness in that mess. So there are tons of opportunities on this list, but I do see a, just a, whether you are on right, the bottom quote unquote, not like the bottom, but just like a, a, a not well-funded school in right. a, in a, a more, they're just, they're not, they don't have high attendance rates. They, they don't have kids graduating all that. Like you have a school district that basically like you could innovate and do something rad radical radical yeah. to the traditional model mm -hmm. is an opportunity and then if you if your district is already on the up and up you're not going to i don't think you're going to break you're not going to break it down by doing something different but to your point of longevity yeah it might not be as high as it was the first couple of years as you transition into it but you have to give it time to simmer and we've we've talked to plenty of people oh, that yeah. you have to give it five to ten years yeah well, I mean, even in three years, I mean, we talked to Mike with pencils down just previously, right? Like, I mean, he moved the needle in three years, but he burned himself out. So, okay, what did he do? And then now let's fund it. So, you know, we give the right, we get the right people in the right places and the right um, programs to where it, it's now scalable. It's not just a, the quick, you know, three year turnaround and then you're, you're done because what he was saying, and obviously in the book, you know, you can't keep up with that, but then what would help you keep up with it? And then there you build, you build right off of it. It's, But I think just to be the, you know, the Grinch of the season, um, you, you know, who votes, you know, I mean, and, you know, when, when people are voting, they want their money to go places and, uh, poor communities tend not to vote. Um, now I'm not saying it's right. I mean, if you want a wealthier nation, you gotta, you gotta help your, help your, you, you know, your middle and, and lower middle class and lower class, like, Oh, I don't know. I, I just think it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there are some, you know, he, he was, Mike was just, he just said it. I mean, he moved the needle, but he worked, you know, 
six hours, uh, six days a week, you know, uh, 70, 80 hours a week. Okay, well, let's get him some help. I, I don't know. <laughs> One person job, that should be a four person job. Yeah, you're right, right. So, you know, I, I like that. So it, some of these opportunities are becoming trends. So I did look up some top, I guess I chose five right, trends. Cool um that we're kind of seeing some of these we have talked about it gives us an opportunity to learn more about these in 2024 and for our listeners since Mm -hmm. these are the the hot new i don't know some of them aren't new um so but they're becoming posh i like that word you know Mm -hmm. and posh back to the spice girls there thing because it gets people's attention it gets them like oh thinking about it so maker learning is a trend yeah um which is great more hands-on stuff we obviously had um mike from oh my gosh the woodworking the wood shop i'm just forgetting the name of Mm -hmm. yep and so that kind of mike schloff yep uh moving away from letter grades i'm a big fan mm-hmm. that's a trend that's a growing trend yeah. so exciting you know for for that to be a trend the rise of micro credentials mm-hmm. so colleges and then workplaces are really driving this right little did the workplace know how much power they could have right yeah <laughs> You are, you know, the CEO of a company, you kind of get to decide like who you employ and what level of education you require. Like Google, pretty sure just in October of 2023, removed college degrees Mm -hmm. as a as a requisite, a prerequisite, whatever you want to call it, of getting a job there. Google. Yeah. Got eliminated that. Yeah. That's a big industry move that's a trend um so these micro credentials they're basically doing their own mini schools they're doing like micro schools at work right here are the skills you need for this job we're just going to get better at training you and then you don't have to do a four-year degree mm-hmm. yeah an interesting trend flip classrooms i thought that was interesting that was a trend because i feel like that's been a thing for and covid did that like largely <laughs> But okay. Yeah, but my dad, like, I think about my dad, as soon as, like, technology was available in the classroom where he Mm -hmm. could, you know, have post a video on YouTube or something, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's an early 2000 things. But, hey, if it's making a comeback and, like, more and more of that, great. And then this one, I was actually kind of, I'm not sure exactly what that, what it means. So I would, we dove into it a little bit with social emotional learning, Mm -hmm. but it being a trend in terms of, like, where is that going? Right. I'll, I'll be interested in what do people, not just you and I, mm-hmm. think about social emotional learning being a trend, and what does that, what what is the opportunity there? Um, so I think for companies and for school districts, mm-hmm. that's a cool trend to see right. um, that awareness piece around social emotional learning. Social emotional learning is very interesting because I'm going back through my early uh, podcast way back five years ago, six years ago, um, and going through those interviews. And if you follow on, uh, I know it's distractive, but TikTok at Disrupt Education, 
um, I'm posting not only the the things that we have going on now, but um, and also on my Instagram and you, I tag you a lot in those as well. Um, but um, and there will be one that that came out, um, and her name is Sydney, and I can't remember her last name. I should know her last name. It's terrible. Um, but uh, she uh, mentions this, and this is 2016. You know, uh, just graduated. Um, was a great softball player, um, but just burnt, like burnt out, you know, like, and, and as an athlete, I think, you know, like, you know, you have maybe, maybe you're playing club, maybe you're, um, you know, it, it's a year round season. It really isn't anymore. If you're, if you're playing at a high level, um, I have my own ideas about that, but, um, you know, AP classes, all this stuff. And she just got burned out and she, I think an opportunity, she, she spilled it out right there as a, as a recent grad, um, basically saying, you know, what about like a physical education course that is just, you know, um, you know, mindfulness, you know, mental, like, what about like, um, you know, you can, you can do anything there. Like you can, obviously yoga has come to some schools and things like that. Um, you know, uh, you can meditate. Why is meditation not, uh, uh, a, a certified, um, physical education course, you know, why not? Right now I know what you're thinking. Like, I mean, as, as a high school teacher, you're like, oh my God, how am I going to get like 25 kids to meditate? I mean, you know, you put parameters on it and, and you get the go-getters and you, it'll work, you know? So that's the other thing. But, um, you know, I, I think that those types of things, and I also think with social emotional learning that we've talked to before is, you know, students being allowed to be bored without anything on them, without any quick dopamine fixes. And that goes into phone usages and, and all these things, because that is part of social emotional learning. It's funny that you said it's trending. I think the term's trending. I don't think there's a lot of action trending that that is brought into the school day. I think that, you know, we've even talked about it. And to hear me actually say, I think for a majority part of the school day you, where you don't need it, you shouldn't have your phone. That's a big 180 for me. I'll be honest. And and I think it's 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 a challenge. So I wanted to share this story kind of around that being mindful of what you're doing. So I had a young man in class and uh, it's an entrepreneurship class and he literally physically could not put down his phone. I would tell him, all right, put it away. Everybody put, I, we started, everybody put your phone in your pockets. And then two minutes later, he'd have it out again. And I'd like, yo, you can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he put it away. And then literally two minutes again, like he literally is addicted to it. So I challenged him not to bring his phone the next day. He looked at me like I was going to kill his pet. You know, he was like, no way. There's no way I can do that. So I was like, okay, well, how about you just give me the phone during the period and I'll give it to you, you know, when, when you need it. And he's like, okay, I can do that. So the next day he walked in, I'm like, I just put my hand out. I was like, give me your phone. And he did. And, you know, he, you know, struggled to stay awake. Um, but he was, you know, he he understood what went on that day a lot better. And this was, you know, a couple of, you know, about a month ago. So, you know, we're building on this, right? That to me is social emotional learning. I mean, so there might be bits of it and pieces of it, but how are we really having students dive in? Um, you know, and I, again, I, I think it goes back to the opportunity of state lawmakers to take 
they just did this in Oregon. A lot of people got really upset, um, but they call it lowering the standards, like take some standards off, right? Take some of this mumbo jumbo stuff off, but then really fill it with, with things like this, right? Because let's be honest, like people are crabbing about school with, you know, little or no standards yet. The standard of work world right now is, you know, how how can we keep your mind, your mental health there? How can we, you know, guess what? They're they're offering nap rooms at work. They're offering like, you know, these paid vacations and all this. Well, why are we not emulating that in the classroom? Right. I know kids are going to take advantage of it. We all do. And there's going to be adjustment period. But if you have the right people, because it takes the right people and to get the right people, guess what? We go back to that funding thing. But those are all opportunities to see an answer, but to work backwards. How how can we do this? How can we do this? I like this episode. We're talking about like a lot of these things and working backwards off of them. Need that kind of global perspective or just like you can like we often do. We don't necessarily list out uh, this array and the complexity of the issues. Right. And they're very much intertwined, intermingled. And so I, I often find that, you know, the winter time when it's cold and dark outside is some of the best thinking time Mm -hmm. and where you can kind of see things differently. And that is the biggest opportunity is I think, you know, winter solstice, right? The darkest, the darkest of nights after this. Yes. And so that means there's kind of like this light that can be there. And, you know, you can get bogged down in these challenges. We listed a whole bunch. It's not really the the most fun game to think about, like, what are all the bad, quote unquote, things Mm -hmm. with education? But it's all a perspective shift. You have to have the mentality that these are opportunities for us to change and grow Mm -hmm. and in order to be a disruptor at any level whether it's helping that student giving them what they needed in that moment which they needed their phone taken away Mm -hmm. in order for them to be engaged in learning that's a microcosm but it is it's disrupting that student's day that's not their normal and it's seeing those opportunities in every little thing and not as a negative right like how do we how do we start? How do we build something? Yes, we are aware of the issues. And, you know, Patricia on that that episode, our lawyer friend, mm-hmm. you know, like where there's a will, there's a way. And I love that mentality. And, in, you know, it does start with imagining. And but it then does there is action. So I, I think this is a great time of year to cast the darkness. <laughs> Right. Hey, time for some light. Yeah. Time to wrap up the end of another amazing year of podcasting, which we will be doing next week yeah. on the ep- on the episode. And this is my first full year. Yeah. Podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like 20th. <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> like that. Hey, wait, how old do you think I know? <laughs> what are your final thoughts, Peter? From this episode. Well, first, I'd like to apologize for our listeners in the Southern Hemisphere, because now your days are going to get shorter. So just FYI. So um, 
but uh and we do we do we do have some you know from brazil we do have some uh in uh the lower african continent which is pretty cool um yeah i think um you know if you want to get into this business if you want to be around education it uh even though we were taught that you know there might be one answer there is never one answer and you know being a part of this business you really have to be a a major problem solver but knowing that that is an experimental solution uh, there's there's not going to be the silver bullet and that's really you know i know people used to say it and it used to really make me mad but being okay with you know not having a full answer um but making things better that's really who we need in the education system um and you know um even if you're not in the system like if, if you're around education and, and you're you're working with students or working with learners adult kids whatever um it's a it's a it's a process and you know you will see a lot of challenges um but then you know I think the number one thing, like you just said there, Ali, is taking these moments in like the the dark when you you know you're thinking um, to really try to figure out one thing that you can do. But it all starts with you. It always starts with you, right? Um, and I will say the one biggest opportunity that that I've kind of uh, hopped on this year. Um, not only with just you know having great conversations with you throughout a full year is really understanding that how i respond and and having conversations with in relationships with students and understanding who they are as much as possible will open up doors no matter what no matter what and you know i used to get mad like i used to get mad at this kid who had his phone i had him in a previous class and i, I remember like yelling at him like, come on put it away put it, ah, you know all this stuff and then i just came up with the solution and it was a conversation it was like what if and things like that will will create some move move the needle a little bit um at least in your classroom so i like the episode great great interesting game we just played here did i win what do i win <laughs> you win another year of podcasting yes <laughs> <laughs> it will be interesting to see what um challenges and opportunities we mm -hmm. we see and trends evolve you know if we were to go back and look at you know what they were when you started this podcast and now i'm mm -hmm. sure some of them would be very much the same and yeah. then others would be different so education like most industries is constantly evolving and um, the podcast evolves. We wanted to give you that that picture so that you could kind of go into the end of the year before we do a great celebration next yeah. week, but kind of go into the year with some some things to consider and ponder and like, what is your piece of the pie? And it's pie season. So <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts. For Peter Strasser, I'm Allie Privet. We will catch you next week on the Disrupt Education Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Disrupt Education Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you ready to disrupt the educational arena you're a part of? For more ways to get involved in the work we do here at Disrupt Education, check us out at disrupteducation.co or find us on LinkedIn at Peter Hostrasser 
or Allie Privet. Our mission here is to help facilitate and amplify changes in the educational system through local initiatives and help you scale them into community movements. Our building network of disruptors in education are working to move beyond scores and grades as the only measure for student learning. If your school district, college, campus, or organization is looking for facilitators of this work, reach out on our website or social media. And if you have any thoughts or feedback on this week's episode or any episode, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep pushing the boundaries, taking risks, and most importantly, disrupting education.